Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Generation GC. My name is Molly Huddleston. I am your host, and today we are talking about Motivation Proclamation from Good Charlotte's debut self-titled album released in the year 2000. My guest this week is Jordan Black, the vocalist of Like Pacific. Last week, we talked about self-help from Generation Rx, and next week, we'll be talking about a song from The Young and the Hopeless. Like Pacific formed in 2010 in Toronto, Ontario. The five-piece bonded over a shared love of hard-hitting melodic rock, eventually adopting the motto, Stay Pissed, to describe their approach. After releasing two EPs, the band signed with Pure Noise Records in 2014, which has been their home ever since. Over the past six years, the band has released two full-length albums, the first of which landed on Billboard's Heat Seekers albums chart, has played festivals such as Warp Porn and Slam Dunk, and has shared the stage with artists such as Good Charlotte, State Champs, Trophy Eyes, and more. Yes, that's right, Like Pacific did a short run with Good Charlotte in the spring of 2017, and you already know we're going to talk about it. I met the band for the first time in 2015. It was, I think, their first real tour in the U.S., and it's been really cool to see all that they've accomplished since then and how active they've continued to be. Their most recent release is the song Hands Tied, which features Andrew Neufeld of the band Comeback Kid, and that's actually a B-side from Light Pacific's 2016 album Distant Like You Asked. As a heads up, this episode does talk about depression and mental illness. If you're familiar with this song, probably that doesn't come as much of a surprise, but I wanted to communicate that at the start of the episode. In case that's something tough for you to listen to, if you need to skip out on this one and come back next week, that's just fine. Otherwise, though, I hope you enjoy listening to the conversation that Jordan and I have, and if you do relate to it... I hope that it gives you some comfort and just reminds you that you are not alone, that you're not the only one who has struggled with mental illness. That's why I really enjoy talking about it uh, and getting vulnerable on the podcast because I know that it helps me when I hear other people share their experiences that relate to my own. If you are looking to get help for depression, for anxiety, for eating disorders, for any kind of mental illness, if you go to Tourette Love or Her Arms website, T-W-L-O-H-A.org. They have a find help button and that will help connect you with resources in your area. But if you are in crisis, please, if you're in the U.S., you can call 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255 or text HOME to 741-741 for crisis text line. And if you're in Canada, you can call the crisis assistance hotline 833-456-4566. Thank you, Jordan, by the way, for uh, directing me to what resources we could share for our Canadian listeners. And by the way, I know I have a lot of listeners around the world, so if anyone has suggestions of resources I might link to in other countries uh, when it is relevant to the topics of our episode, please let me know. I will make sure to include them. As a reminder, please visit antisemitism.card.co and blacklivesmatters.card.co to continue learning about antisemitism in the Black Lives Matter movement, respectively. It's important to educate ourselves and to continue speaking out against all forms of injustice. Finally, Generation GC stickers are here. Do you want a sticker? There are two ways you can get them. Number one, 
go to anchor.fm slash generationgcpod and click support. Supporting the show on Anchor helps me make the show the best it can be. It helps me get whatever equipment I need, such as laptop stands, microphones, headphones, cords, any kind of doodads like that, as well as print stickers and get them mailed to y'all. And full transparency, any money that does come in via Anchor, whether that's the support or the ads that get run, all of that goes right back into the show itself. Number two, you can make a charitable donation. Uh, go to blacklivesmatters.card.co and that lists a lot of resources. Just any organization, whatever amount you can afford to give is great. And then you're going to take a screenshot of either your support of the show on Anchor or your charitable donation and send it to me along with your mailing address. You can reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at generationgcpod, P-O-D, or you can send me an email, generationgcpod at gmail.com. That's about it for our intro. Thank you for tuning in. And now on to our episode. Okay, so... The first thing I have here in my notes, Jordan, is what is the actual name of this song? Because I've always believed it to be Motivation Proclamation and, like, the version of the album that I had, which was, like, the reissue that included the the click as, like, track number 10. I had it as (laughs) Motivation Proclamation. But now, like, on Spotify and the music video on YouTube, it's The Motivation Proclamation. Yeah, see, when I was younger, it was motivation proclamation for sure. Right. Again, this is this has got to be a Mandela thing because right, right, when, that's exactly what this <laughs> when is. When I was younger, like when I was younger, it was like motivation proclamation, like that's what it was on YouTube or like mm-hmm. Yahoo launch when you watched like the video. It was like yeah, motivation yeah. proclamation. I don't remember it being the motivation or the motivation proclamation. So that's kind of weird. Definitely had some demo of it that was labeled the motivation proclamation but i don't know i think it's definitely like a mandela effect right this has to be a mandela effect it has yeah. to be because i don't remember it being like the word the in front of it at all yeah yeah um by the way good job to them for using a big word proclamation <laughs> yeah true <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like it's like when i first heard uh all the small things by blink 182 and he says watching waiting commiserating and i'm pretty sure i had to go look up what commiserating meant oh I, of course because we we're like kids and we just like, right. loved like the way they looked in the, the sound and it was popular yeah. so yeah any big word you didn't really like know unless you had yeah you like googled it yeah i was like oh proclamation Ooh, that's fancy uh so this is check three on good charlotte's debut self-titled album check two is waldorf worldwide check four is east coast anthem so they have this which is like it's it's definitely a song that goes into a lot of like deep topics which we'll get into and it's kind of like getting you ready to get pumped up and then east coast anthem is just like super high energy like boom 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 fast 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 yeah east coast anthem and uh festival song were like my two besides motivation proclamation like just the three favorites on the record for me growing up yeah it's it's got a lot of those good like real fast songs which is real fun oh yeah uh so this song it was a single from the album but it was like a sleeper hit so it was released as a single like the spring after the album came out i noted that it charted in australia at number 78 and number 28 in new zealand but 
I was searching, but like I couldn't find any info on how it charted in like the US or Canada or Europe. So yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of taking it as like it just didn't really chart those places. Do you remember hearing it on let's the just, radio in Canada? Let's just let's just say hit number one. Um, no, it definitely. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't remember. I always remember seeing the video, uh, but the video yeah. was like the least played video. They played like little things and festival mm-hmm. song over over. Um, motivation proclamation because it like it never yeah like it you def- I definitely saw it a couple times on TV but it wasn't often I never heard it on the radio though you hear everything yeah else. little things I would hear on the radio sometimes yeah but, for sure yeah yeah um in terms yeah, of it's definitely the slept on track for sure yeah. like which makes no sense <laughs> yeah but will they so what I found is that since they've come back from hiatus they've played this at pretty much every show and like. Digging a little into the set lists, it seems like they played it all the time from, like, 1999 to 2003. And then from 2000, they, like, didn't play it again pretty much at all until about 2007. And they would play it kind of here and there from, like, 2007 to, like, when they went on hiatus in 2011. Which is, like, I mean... I, I, I could get it, like, I mean, you know, whatever, but it's just, it gets strange. But then again, it's, like, one of those tracks that's probably, like, people didn't hear. It wasn't shoved in their face like the radio did with, like, little things. And right. every other every other hit they've ever had, you know what I mean? So, right. but, like, it, but the thing is, it's a, weird, it's a single. It, so it's, like, why the hell didn't, you know, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's, I mean, we'll we'll talk about this more in a bit when we, like, dive more into the song. But it's been very cool seeing them play this post hiatus because they always have like a lot to to say about the backstory and everything yeah totally so this song also features additional vocals by jimmy haha of jimmy's chicken shack and i just recently learned as a relevant bit of history that before joining the band billy martin went to go see them play in annapolis at the insistence of jimmy haha so that is like a full circle moment to have jimmy haha (laughs) On this song. Yeah. That's really, yeah. What? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very full circle. Uh, I I also noted that the song is included on their greatest hits album, and the Japanese deluxe version of the album had a live acoustic version of this as a bonus track. Well, see, that's crazy that it's on the greatest hits album, but it like literally didn't, right? Like, necessarily. We don't know if it charted or like well in the US or if it did anything, like, or, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's slept on, but it's on their greatest hits. Like, what the fuck? Like, the greatest, greatest hits, hits mean, like, most played or, like, right? straight up, like, the, act- the actual anthems that everyone, like, listens to. You know I, I mean? think like, for the, the greatest hits, ones. I feel like, I don't know the entire backstory of the greatest hits, but I do know that greatest remixes was, like, in 2008 was, like, remixes they created. But the greatest mm-hmm. hits album that came out, like, a little after like the band themselves apparently did not even have anything to do with it. I guess the label was just like, Oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're going to probably hire someone to like engineer this and do some random, yeah. which is like so strange. Cause like, I would, I don't know how you would have, I mean, granted they were definitely busy in their lives, but I mean, I would need to like be there and hear it all before right. I release something under my name. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I feel like that will be like a mini episode at some point, just doing 
like a deep dive on how that greatest hits album came to be. <laughs> but I feel yeah. like there isn't even much out there because there wasn't like any additional tracks on there or any new material. Like it was literally just songs they'd already released. That's so wild. Yeah. So Jordan, before we dive really deep into motivation proclamation, I want to help our guests get to know you and like Pacific. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you want to know? <laughs> so, uh, first thing I like asking people is when did you first hear good Charlotte and what were your first thoughts on them? So I really liked like offspring and stuff like that when I was younger, like oh, granted everyone loved like all those kind of, you know, bands that were on TV and like, you know, offspring obviously like in the nineties did super well. And know they were on like because back in the day like music videos were mostly rock they were you know what I mean? yeah. and like some r&b stuff um but yeah like i loved like the sound of like offspring and stuff like that when i was really young and then i remember like one year i listened to like every i listened to corn a lot because i was on tv yeah. and then like it might have been like i think it was I, the first record came out it was in grade five and i remember this kid at my school was a year older than me he loved blank one eight two uh and he loved like can't say is it Phoenix TX or Phoenix T- Phoenix TX? Phoenix TX, MX- I think, yeah. Yeah, Phoenix TX and MX TX and all these bands and <clears throat> Good Charlotte just came out of nowhere and he was just like, yeah, like this song is amazing. You should listen to it. And he showed me some video and he had downloaded it off of Napster or it was, it was Napster or LimeWire. I don't remember, <laughs> but we like watched it and I was like, yo, this is wild. These guys are punk. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, this is, I was like, this is sick. Uh, but that was like the first time. I was probably in the fifth grade, and then. Uh, I found the CD. Uh, I found the name Good Charlotte at an HMV, and it said like Good Charlotte, but there was no CD in the slot. And I was like, "Oh, <laughs> must be really popular." It probably like it probably sold out. And then right. I asked the guy at the counter, and he was like, "Oh no, like no, just we just don't. It's on special order because like no one wants it." And I was like, "What?" Oh my god! And he was like, "I, I guess no one had really heard of them yet, and the record had just come out." Was this and I was like, like okay. the first record? The first record, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, because obviously, like the stuff after that, like they blew up, so it makes yeah. sense, but. So, uh, yeah, I remember I special ordering it. I paid like probably like $28 for it when I'm in grade five. Like my parents had to buy it for me. They're probably so pissed. Yeah. When they're like, they know, they're like, okay, we know you're downloading illegal music on our computer. You can just do that. Like what the hell is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> but I had to have the CD because the cover was sick. It was yeah. so strange. It looks like, it looks like crazy town. And the more I look at it, like there's like this weird, like banner, like tattoo font of like, with, yeah. like swallows on it. And then like, just like everything about the colorway looks like a crazy town music video. <laughs> was was the version that you bought of this album, was it the one that had just the banner and like GC or did it have the photo of them on it? The, the photo of them. Oh, okay. Okay. Why, you didn't have that one? No, I didn't. And I've been like kind of, I mean, I know it, it exists and it's probably not that hard to find, but no, I had, because I had the version that had the click on it and it, Okay, see, the click is the click is the best song they ever wrote. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's my favorite song ever. Yeah. Undergrads anthem, baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's insane. It's not out yet as the time of we're recording this, Jordan. But in I think it's like two weeks. I have an episode on the click coming out. Uh, yeah, featuring the band Till Morning, and they actually played the click acoustic for me on the oh. podcast. Which was so fucking cool because I've never hear, heard Good Charlotte play that live. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I always thought they would maybe like when yeah. they were doing all reunion stuff, but. Well, they played it in Toronto like two years ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because um, everyone was talking about it. Everyone was like, dude, like, they played the click of all things. Like, for some reason, that was, like, everyone Canadian. Like, they were, people, that was, like, the most searched thing, for sure, on, like, yeah. all music downloading programs. <laughs> I love that. It was always in, it always in brackets of, like, undergrads theme or something. Yeah. And you were like, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, I watched all of undergrads getting ready for that episode on The Click. And it's so great. Undergrads is a wild show. It's very yes. adult humor mixed with like, just like I don't know. It's it's got your everything. It's kind of got like it's a college experience. You got like the really nerdy guy, the shy give guy. Give me, give me, give me, love him. The the dumbass jock Rocco. Like <laughs> you've got you got a cow who like sounds totally gay, but he's not. It's like when he's like a he's like a like a preppy guy. I don't know it's so weird like it, the show covers like it, it exaggerates it like crazy but that's that's college essentially yeah no uh, undergrads is so great um Jordan I would love to know as you know front man of like Pacific how has Good Charlotte influenced like what you write and play definitely on the popular side of things where as sure, you know, we yeah. first started like we we definitely were just doing, you know, pop punk that we liked or we listened to. Like, obviously, when the first EP we ever did came out, which we won't speak about anymore. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it was like, we were like, we were all listening to like Four Year Strong and stuff like that. And, and which is fine, but like, I feel like we were listening to like way more easy core versions of that. And, uh, and so, you know, like, when Chris started, when Chris, like, obviously was in the band, you know, forever playing bass, you always know Chris, but mm-hmm. he, uh, he his favorite band is Good Charlotte, so right. he he straight up like kind of brought that energy to it, and we'd always listen to like old like oh man, remember this album like from ten years ago? We'd like listen to Good Charlotte and stuff like that a lot, and so I just remember being like yeah, like the pop elements that they have is like super radio, and we'll, like, we kind of like that. It's kind of sick, like yeah. and then we always dove into different stuff, a little heavier and darker and stuff like that. But definitely played a big role in like how we wanted to sound in the beginning for sure. Because I feel like when we thought of pop punk, when people because pop punk was a new thing, it was like Man Overboard and Transit and mm-hmm. and Tie Your Goals and Four Year Strong and stuff like that. But um, <clears throat> but those there wasn't like a million popular bands yet. So then everyone falls back into like, oh, okay, Blake One Eight Two, okay, Simple Plan, Some Forty One, Good Charlotte, like you know, Homegrown, even like the the stuff that's like uh, like not as popular, I guess, like 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 like, like Homegrown and stuff like that. And, Blah, 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 whatever and like lag wagon and stuff like that like things that like you know from like lag wagon wow like you just threw me back yeah lag wagon and melancholy we're like that's wow. also where we're like when you when we were like talking about like now you talk about pop punk you're like oh like okay like pop or like pop punk rock or whatever you're like okay um you're gonna be like okay like story so far like uh i don't know like the first citizen record you're gonna be wonder yeah. years and name all these bands but at that time these bands didn't really exist or were just starting or were unheard of to the masses. So you right. picked like the popular bands, you know, and like, I feel like Good Charlotte was that one that we just like all agreed on. I love that. And definitely like Pacific has had a lot of stuff that's gone on the more heavier and aggressive side. Uh, the most recent thing as of when we're recording is hands tied with Andrew from comeback kid. Uh, Yep. So I know that it's a B-side from Distant Like You Asked, but like, was yep. has Andrew been on it from the beginning or was that something that came about like more recently? 
No, he was on it since the beginning. So basically what happened was uh, we were recording this like you asked and we had this song and <clears throat> I kind of liked it. Like I, uh, we didn't like love it that much. And we were like, oh, we should get, because we knew Andrew and we we're like, yeah. oh, we should get Andrew to sing on it. And he was like, and he straight up was like, yeah, I'll do it. And he took a streetcar over like from his house and like came, did it, hung okay, out with well. us, listened to the rest of the record, told us what things like he likes and what he doesn't like, just basically gave us like, a little bit of info. And then just was like, we're like, yo, we'll Uber you home or something or drive you. Like, oh, it's all good. He just like put his headphones in and like took the streetcar. Like, okay, damn. Yeah. He's like normal like us. <laughs> um, he's people too. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, like uh, the only thing that happened was like we had that song for, you know, on the back burner forever. I completely forgot about it. Like we always bring it up every once in a while, but like, you know, we forgot about it. And then basically like we were talking about like releasing it because we're so, I mean, like we were doing the, we're recording the new record like September 7th. But what happened was we were recording this stuff earlier this year and then we had a set date to go to the studio for May and then COVID happened, obviously. Right. So we scrapped it for the entire summer until things got better. So now we're doing it September 7th. Now that everyone's kind of comfortable, laws are being lifted and whatnot. So um, so basically we, had, we didn't have any content we released. We didn't want to release a single from, we only really recorded like three songs out of the whole record before COVID hit. So we were like, why would we release something from it? And then we can't release anything else. So we'd all get back in the studio and, and record and stuff and write together and stuff like that. So we're just like, Oh, we have this B side. Let's do that. And so I went back into the studio and just redid the choruses because I felt like I could hit the notes higher. Okay. Um, I, I was like, Oh, like, I don't, it sounds like I like I, my voice. Like obviously when you get older, like when you sing, like your voice changes and like almost yeah. for the worse. But at, when I heard the course of this, I was like, I could do better harmonies and do this and do that. And so like we went to the studio and that's all we did was the chorus. Wow. Like, so like the, so verses, that, the verses of your vocals are from the original. From 2016 or 2015 okay. even. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. And so, yeah, so that long ago, but yeah, the choruses are just whatever. And then we just like, obviously like, uh, cause Kyle Black mastered it uh, at first. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. and then this time Sam was just like, I'm going to just, you know, do it myself this time because, uh, I have you here right now. Like, no offense to Kyle. just like, he's obviously in a different country. And, right. you know. Yeah, Kyle's in like, Los there. Angeles, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, like, we kind of, you know, and obviously during COVID, you can't really do that. So, right. Sam just did it. And, uh, and yeah, like, the way it turned out, everyone was like, oh, this is crazy. This isn't going to sound in the future. And I'm like, I mean, like, you're not wrong, but you're also wrong because it's a B-side. And everyone right. thinks it's a brand new song. And I'm like, it's new to you. Right. It's still a B-side. Like, I almost wanted to put, like, in brackets like get ask your noise but like in brackets b-side 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 right. b-side like just like a million times so people would be like you know what i mean because some people like it was like very like clear in the press release that i got about it it was like very clear that this was a, a b-side but you know i could see how some someone think it, yeah so people think it's not and i'm like some people always like who don't like it are like oh i don't like this direction that they're going in like we're not going no. and what time ago so like that's my only that's my only complaint about it i'm like oh my god right. like it's a b-side song right not necessarily reflective of where you're going in the future mm-hmm. or so, maybe you know you never know uh, yeah. really so. you never know <laughs> so jordan before we dive into motivation proclamation more i have to bring up spring 2017 you got to open for good charlotte on a little run in i think the northeast and I remember yep. you telling me about this a few days before it was announced because I was I was seeing you open for Census Veil, which was also very, very cool. 
Yeah. So how did this little tour with Good Charlotte and like Pacific, and I think it was also what less than Jake and Crown the Empire. How did Crown the Empire? Yeah. Yeah. How did that all come together? Honestly, like our booking agent Brad Wiseman does wonders for us, but mm-hmm. like I don't straight up know how that happened because it was it was wild to be like okay, we're doing all these tours with these like bigger bands and like yeah, and like then, the like, census fell. They sold out Webster Hall in New York. Yeah. Yeah, like a nostalgic band. Boom, there you go. It's like, cool, we want to do more tours, I guess. Like, And the problem with nostalgic tours is they don't really do much for you. It's because like yeah, people that yeah. are there just to see the headliner, to sing along to the songs they all know. And then obviously you get your, like, you'll get like a percentage of the crowd that is like definitely really into, uh, you know, checking out new music and learning new shit and they go into it blindly. But this was like best case scenario. We went on tour Four different sounding bands. Good Charlotte being like Good yeah. Charlotte. Less what than a Jake, variety. Essentially a ska, like an old ska band, essentially still a ska band. Crown the Empire, which is like, I don't even know how to describe a Crown the Empire, like like an emo, like like post hardcore mixed yeah. with like, like, you know, like the, like a little more amped up and professional than like the early post hardcore stuff you'd hear that's like more emo and like yeah. not tracked and produced properly. But, you know, and then like us, which is like just like kind of like, fasty kind of angry pop punk i guess and so yeah. we that tour hit like a lot of different genres and so that regardless if that tour did anything for us like we still got the tour with charlotte i don't give a shit but right but people people were definitely like hey i saw you on the like people were like i saw you on the good charlotte tour like and they're like you know, my first time seeing you and then they come to like every other show after that I'm like okay that's what I we want obviously so it's great you know like it worked yeah. out for us yeah, I was going to ask what was like the highlight of that tour, but it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like it brought you new listeners, which is exactly what, you know, I think you would hope for from something like that. I think the highlight of the tour was when I got to sing on stage. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. yeah that's that was sick. fucking amazing. I have, I'm licking up, I have over my desk in my home office, I have like a collage of photos and one of them is a photo of Good Charlotte from a... Uh, one of those shows so yeah yeah very cool so jordan i was like a little back and forth with your publicist about this uh i like as soon as i started this podcast i was like oh my gosh i have to have jordan from link pacific on the show uh (laughs) and you know she gave me a few songs and we settled on motivation proclamation why did you want to talk about this song in particular i i think you said it right earlier it's like the underdog of the songs um i think it's just because it was like the I mean, you could talk about little things all day. It's like that was like sure. revolutionary in like their career, but this is a song that was slept on, but like it was so good and almost like unheard of to a lot of people. Like they were just like, oh, I've never mm-hmm. heard that song unless I got the record or something. So, uh, and I just love the video growing up. It was, it was plain. Like looking back at it now, it was like, it was like a plain video. Of course, they were a small band. Like, what are they going to, you know what right. I mean? But they were a small band. And like, I guess the little things video didn't do that well. And so their label was like, what I understood, we'll talk more about the music video in a bit, but from what I understand, yeah. like their label was like, oh, I guess you can do another video. Fine. <laughs> do this. Yeah. So like it's essentially that, like it's where it's like, kind of like, you know, it was, yeah, it was just like one of those videos that no one really knew about, even like regardless of like how the other video did and stuff like that. So it was just like, that was the video. When I like think about Good Charlotte, I think about like listening to that song the most off the record and festival song because it was like oh, yeah. live footage stuff and crazy and like that elevator scene. Like I was like, this is sick. And when you're younger, you're like, that's so cool. And like 
punk and I want to tour. Like that's what yeah. touring's like. I want to do that. So that's when it was like, you know, a thing for me. And I don't know. I, I just was drawn to motivation proclamation, not the motivation. proclamation. That's right. Fake. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to have you on for this song. I mean, number one, obviously, cause this is like kind of an underdog song that I think is like becoming over time, much more of a favorite. Uh, yeah. And I also mean to me, just being a fan of like Pacific for a few years now, it's been five and a half years since I first met y'all. Uh, I want to say you were on tour with like Vanna. Well, did you meet us at, in Hartford? Yeah, that was the first time in Hartford. And that it was, was the like first, that was in Ar- January yeah. okay. of 2015. I remember because it was like, uh, that was like our first, I guess that was like, I mean, not to the tour or derail the story, but that was like yeah. long story short, that was like the first major, I guess I would call it major because like we, Vanna's was a big band and we like knew them. And so that mm-hmm. was like the first time we ever toured the States really. Like I think the first time we ever did it was like a loss for words. Yes. And, uh, yes, and, yes, yes. And then after that was, it was Vanna. So I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it kind of worked out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I was just happy to have you on for this song in particular. Cause I think this also touches on themes that I think your music tends to touch on pretty frequently. Yeah. Uh, so Jordan, I would love to hear what you think this song is about. Um, you know, we can, we can discuss it a bit and then I'll share after we've shared our, uh, our thoughts, I'll share what the band has said. Okay. <clears throat> because I went into this blindly, like always, I, I do a thing where I don't, unless I'm like, there's a story to it. And like mm-hmm. an actual like crazy personal story and like or it's like a real life thing. Not saying that any of these emotions aren't real life, but you know, like some sort of crazy backstory. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll like look into it on the internet. But I kind of just go into it like if I like the way it sounds and it makes me feel a certain way, that's the way it yeah. makes me feel. I don't want to ruin that feeling, so I'm not going to look it up. So I've never looked up what the motivation proclamation really is okay. about. But I'm ass- but I'm assuming like in my head how I read it is it just being like insanely depressed and like mm-hmm. for me it feels like the insanely depressed in like the dog days of summer kind of thing like no no real motivation to do anything and like kind of just stuck and like and like emotional about it but you know what I mean but you're like also like you need someone to be there for you to help you yes. through it but it's also like who do you you're you're asking a certain someone or who do you ask kind of thing and that's that's what I took from it when I was younger and I was like oh yeah true like yeah I mean not that I was experiencing major depression when I was really young like not until like I got a little older, but uh, yeah. it definitely like, yeah, it resonated for sure. I feel like this is a song that definitely like resonated with me more as I got older. Cause yeah, when I was like of 12 course. and heard this for the first time, I was like, mm, what, what is he talking about? But yeah, I, I think it's exactly that. It's about being very depressed. And I was thinking about it, like as I was getting ready for the show over the weekend that in terms of like the the person that they're like they need to be there for them i kind of feel like maybe that's the brothers talking to each other yeah i i did think about that because it's like if i fall down would you come around pick me right off the ground yeah. like that it's like your your right hand man like right there yeah. you know what i mean kind of thing so it's like i i did think about that actually a lot too because i was like oh they're like twins they're like yeah they've been through like some wild stuff growing mm-hmm. up fucked up stuff so it's like you know that I definitely I definitely did think about that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I like uh, it was like crazy cuz 
anyone who's listened to the show knows that like I have struggled, you know, with depression on and off for, for many years. This isn't new to y'all, but <laughs> as I was like <laughs> listening to this song, like on repeat and like really pouring over the lyrics, I was like, oh, wow. Like, hey, I have a degree in psychology, right? And yeah. I was like, oh, wow, like this. Oh, they lack motivation. Oh, they feel like they think they're selfish and nobody understands their pain and they want to get out, but they just don't know how. I'm like, oh, this is like, this is very, very clear. But there was, I don't remember where this interview was, but it was like around 2018. It was relatively recent. Yeah interview that Benji did where he talked about how a lot of their older songs were about being really depressed, but he didn't necessarily realize it at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think this is exactly, you know, what they're talking about, right? Like, yeah, like some other things you might have to like interpret it in a different way, but this is like a straight up, like, yes, you know that this has to do with like some sort of like mental health. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's like right there. Yeah. Um, I do have, I, uh, I'm sorry to, uh, now ruin it for you, but, um, there is, there was a little article with MTV.com from the spring of 2001, uh, talking about this video and song. And Joel Mm -hmm. says that there was a point, especially before we got signed, when there was almost a feeling of desperation. Am I ever going to get to where I won't have to wonder if I'm going to get kicked out of the place I'm staying? If I'm going to be able to eat tomorrow? Is our band ever going to get signed? Is this ever going to happen? You just want to get out of it. You want to get out of the rut you're stuck in. Oh, that. See, like, I could 100% see that now. Yeah. Um, But, like... I never took it like that because that's obviously a very personal thing. It's, it's outwardly personal where like you can relate, but it's also like that is obviously his story. So yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah. I, uh, I actually have another bit of backstory that was shared to me by a listener of the show on Instagram. Mike Zick is his name. And he also grew up in uh, the same area that the twins did. And okay. We were just, you know, we were just chatting. We connected this spring. He listened to the show. He loved it. He was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm from Waldorf. Uh, and he was like, hey, did you know this about Motivation Proclamation? And I was like, no, tell me more. So there was a benefit in Annapolis for the Capitol Gazette shooting. And there is okay. a bar in downtown historic Annapolis by the State House and Naval Academy called Acme Bar. Benji and Joel were trying to play there, and they were told they needed one more song to fill up their set list, so they wrote this song to get the stage time. Oh. What? So, like, yeah, that's crazy, because it's, like, a, a really good song to come up with, like, yeah. not last minute, but, like, to kind of, like, well, I guess kind of, like, to come up with, you know, like, right yeah. then and there. But it it wow. fits, I feel like it fits so well, like, that that little story also fits very well to what Joel had told MTV about just feeling like desperate before they got signed. Cause I, I mean, that's exactly what it is. Right. Yeah. I love getting to hear this song live now, like post hiatus, because you get to hear them talk about they'll, they'll give a speech and they talk about like leaving home with like $50, a guitar and like a backpack. Yeah. Like Pacific, like Pacific's first tour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah essentially that yeah it's i i feel like there's got to be a lot of courage in order to make 
that first step. But yeah. I think also, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the first to say, oh, there's a lot of like mental health, you know, struggles that happen in uh, touring musicians, but there are a lot. And I, you know, on, on a grand scale, on a meta scale, there's like, you know, putting, putting on my fancy hat for a second with, with the background in psychology, I'm like, mm, I could, I could <laughs> point to, point to things that I'm like, mm, this, this, and this, and this, I could see how that could uh, really stress someone out and, and make it difficult. Um, I yeah. did want to read because I always like to do this uh, whenever we talk about mental health on the show. Uh, I wanted to read some signs and symptoms of depression per the Mayo Clinic because uh, I think also listeners, it so clearly relates to this song. So feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness. So he says, but I never said that everything would be okay. Uh, loss of interest or pleasure in most or all normal activities such as sex, hobbies, or sports. He says, captivate me, you know, give me something, something that's going to interest me. Uh, yeah. Tiredness and lack of energy, sleep disturbances, including insomnia or sleeping too much, you know, motivate me. I want to get myself out of this bed, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's several more, but those I, I found very, very clearly related to this song. But I think also, like, sometimes you don't, as a younger, and I say this as if I'm, like, old, and I'm 28. I'll turn 29 in a few days. But, like, I think sometimes when you're in the thick of something, you don't necessarily have the words to, like, explain exactly what's going on. Yeah, of course. It's like, yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, it's hard to express it. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, even having been to therapy and medication and done all the things, there's still been like a lot of times in my life where I've been like, ah, this is this, like, just, this is terrible. This is terrible. This is terrible. But not until, you know, a certain season has passed that I'm like, Oh, so that's that's what that was. Okay. So, so for me, like in the situation where, like, I've, I've been on Zoloft for like almost two years. Yeah. And it working wonders for me. I definitely the side effect I definitely have is that like, well, it, it's it's a mix of you know having some real feelings and not just being like numb, but also mm-hmm. uh, uh, like your life, like just like uh, you know. It's side effect, but it's also like real life where I do s- tend to sleep a lot. And like everyone's like, well, and that's a telltale sign of depression is like oversleeping, like not being able to get out of bed kind of thing. And I'm definitely the king of that shit. So, um, see, and, I'm, I'm it, the opposite because I am, when I'm like depressed and anxious, I am insomniac. <laughs> uh, so am I, I get, I get, I get to take this much away. Like I stay up late at night and I go to, well, I also work at a bar. So it's like a mix of right. both. That's where it comes. It's hard to come. It's hard to explain. Cause it's like, I do have a late night lifestyle. And then, right. you know, then I, but I do like, I get eight hours of sleep and I'm like, nah, I'm going to sleep longer. I'm like, Oh my God. You know what I mean? So I do get it, but it's like, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where like, even hearing that song now, I'm like, Oh man, like it, <laughs> fucking 19 years later, I'm still like, 
are still like, oh, okay, damn, <laughs> I yeah. still feel this way. I mean, that's, I think, I remember learning this when I was like 14 and first struggling with depression and like, this was a thing that 14-year-old me should not have learned. Like, this information should not have been accessible to me who was struggling depression and feeling very hopeless and, you know, not having some some good thoughts in the brain. But I remember learning when I was, like, 14 that, like, most people who struggle with depression, like, it's usually not, like, a one-time thing. No, it's, it, yeah. It's it's ongoing. You yeah. just wait. You, there's methods of coping and stuff like that. And Yeah. But... Yeah, when you're already 14, you're like, oh, this feeling I'm feeling, oh, shit, it's going to possibly last forever. Wow. Right. And, and like, learning about how if you have one, you know, depressive episode, you know, you have a certain percent chance to have another. But if you've had two, if you had three, four, like, it just goes up and up. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. like, God damn it. Like. That, that's my feeling every time, like, like, for instance, like, today, like, it's. It, it was supposed to rain. I think it did pour earlier, like mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but it's beautiful and sunny out right now. It's really humid, but it's beautiful and sunny outside right now. Um, but this is like the end of summer where yeah. like everyone kind of goes back to school. And, like the summer's dying down. And that's straight up like the worst feeling for me. Like I, everyone's like, oh, you know, February is the worst month for my like mental health. Or like January is. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. It sucks definitely not to get that much sun, but I got to do a lot of outdoor winter activities or at least try to. Yeah. Um, so it's just like when the summer's ending and you have that feeling of like everyone's going back to work or school and yeah. everything's going to be a little quieter. That's what makes me laugh. That my, is like the worst thing for me. So my birthday isn't, I mean, we're recording this August 24th. My birthday is August 30th. And yeah. it actually, what's weird is like the past several years, it's like every time I realize, oh my God, I'm going to be a year older in six weeks. You know, it's anywhere from like two months to that I to six weeks that I start freaking out. Um, oh no, I guess I did have like an actual pretty intense breakdown about two months before my birthday. I was like, oh, it wasn't that bad this year? No, it totally was. <laughs> but like two months before my birthday, I always have like uh, kind of a breakdown because I'm like, oh, I'm getting older. I'm gonna die a failure and alone. And like that is 100. I turn like I'm in the same. I'm the same age as you. We were in the yeah. same year, so. I turned 30 next April and like, yeah, I did. I did get a lot of things together. Like what I do, like I live on my own, on my own, yeah. my own apartment with no roommate. You know what I mean? I've got like mm-hmm. the band going, I got a good job, like all this stuff. But it, no matter what, like when you approach a certain age or you're getting older, you're just like, Oh fuck. Like there's so many times where I wish I was like 25 again. And I was yeah. like, why? Yeah. But like, and then you think about it and the reasons why, but it's also like, well, then I know what I know now. And yeah. there's no way to go back and do that. So like what just, you know, like kind yeah. of tell yourself to shut up about it. But it's like, yeah, I know. I totally get it. Well, and it's like they I'm 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 at the point and I don't know what your like social group looks like, but I'm at the point where like a lot of my friends are like married, buying houses, you know, having children. Some of those things interest oh. me more than others. But um I, you know, I definitely, I definitely do have a lot of, okay. So the major thing is when you live in a major city, I find that that is not really realistically the goal. Uh, yeah, it's not like the goal is like yeah. to party and whatever and to, and to reach out. It's definitely just to like do your own thing and then figure out the rest later as opposed to like, yeah, I live in the suburbs. I, I grew, yeah. See, I grew up 30 minutes outside of Toronto, outside of downtown 30, only 30 minutes, but it was like, uh, you know, this 
giant suburb. And all my friends are like, everyone has that white picket fence dream yeah. and they're doing mm-hmm. that. They're buying mm-hmm. trucks. They're now having kids. Oh, they're, Oh, you bought a house and you're 29. Okay. Fuck you. And then, Oh, I'm going to buy a cottage. I'm like, okay. But <laughs> as much as I want those things and, and stuff like that, it doesn't like, and like I said, they get some of the, some of the aspects appeal to us, but I'm also just like, you know, trying to do what I can. I don't look at myself anymore. I used to, my friends are like having kids and buying houses and like moving in. You know, everyone in their 20s like tries to like travel and like go live somewhere mm-hmm. else in another country for a while. I'm not mad that I didn't do most of that stuff because it doesn't really matter to me. I'm just like, oh, fuck yeah. it. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm doing my own thing right now, no matter what it is. Like, I, I could not even be in a band. I could just be sitting at home all the time. But it's like, as long as you're kind of content in what you're doing and like, who cares what you do? Like, yeah. there's no meat, there's no meter. Like, Back in the day, there definitely was. Like, where I was like, oh, you need to do this and have this and do this and be established by 30 and do this and do that and right. go to school. It's like, it doesn't, that doesn't fucking matter. Who cares? Like, right. as long as you're trying to maintain that sort of healthy lifestyle, not in healthy, like eating or anything like that, like, as in like <laughs> mentally, then you're doing good. You're doing better yeah. than most of the world. Like, yeah. It's just sad I mean, to say, but I mean, yeah. Right. I feel like I honestly made somewhat of a choice I, I mean similar to you know you being in a band and Benji and Joel and Billy and Paul being in Good Charlotte of that my you know whatever I'm doing in music both my full-time job as well as you know everything I do outside of my actual job you know currently the mm-hmm. podcast previously it was substream and running my own blog and freelance photography but I, I think I just kind of made a choice a long time ago that was like, you know, this matters to me. This makes me feel like I have a place in the universe and like, yeah, it's like when if you're doing something completely against yeah. the grain and different, like not many people are doing this kind of thing. It's like, yeah. My biggest thing is like the worst thing people ask me is like, you go on a tour and you come back and they go, how was the tour? And they go, oh, it's fucking amazing. Like it was did this, it did that. What's your favorite city? Oh, this one. What'd you guys do? Oh, we just got like drunk and, and yeah. did this. And like, we ate crazy food and, then they're like, oh, like, so like, was it successful? I'm like, yeah, you know, I came home. Like, and they'll be know, like, oh, I like, how home. much, how much money did you make? And, uh, and I'm like, oh, I made like 1500 bucks. And they go, uh, uh, sorry, they'll go like, yeah. They'll go like, oh, like, how much money did you make? Like, oh, like 1500 bucks. And they go, each? And you go, yeah. And they go, that's it? And you were gone for like yeah. five weeks? And I'm like, right. yeah. But like, we broke even. We were past yeah. broke even. Like, I actually made money. Yeah. So that's obviously a good thing. Uh, it's maybe it's not enough to like pay a lot of things. My rent is like $1,300, but then again, it's like, you know, like that's what I'm, I'm content with that. Like, so let me live kind of thing. It's also like the hotel thing where I'm like, when I post like, you know, Oh, like does anyone have a place for us to sleep? But it's less than that. It's less of that now because we're more like, I guess a little more of an established band, like I want to say. So it's like, we definitely could afford a hotel. But when I say like things like, Oh, like, yeah, I don't have a place we could stay in between here because like a crazy drive. So the people are like, why don't you just get a hotel? I'm like, oh, we're trying to save money. And they go, you guys don't have any money? I'm like, oh my oh God. Oh my God, like, God, yeah. Well, people, yeah. people seem to, so I do, I make a small amount of money on the podcast, but like for full transparency, uh, it has literally come out to like between listener support and the sponsor like ad that I run, it has literally come out to like $5 per episode. <laughs> so it's yeah. like I mean it's you're there's some I think any revenue is good revenue yeah. so as long as right. you're and it's something like, it's like this is revenue that is my revenue right and it's I I did a lot of stuff 
it would always be weird for me because I think people that are like my long-term friends, like a lot of my friends are people who come from similar backgrounds because you bond over it, right? But Mm -hmm. I would always have a weird experience when like I met someone new or like I talked to like a guy on Tinder. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of a specific one recently, but you know, they would be like, oh, that's amazing. Like you've interviewed all those people. So like you must make a lot of money doing that. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> no. Like, well, like I'm trying, you're like, I'm trying to monetize right. it, but like, yeah, it, it, that shit takes a long time. It's yeah. Like, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, there was, there was one guy that I was talking to recently, uh, on Tinder and he was like, that's so cool that like, you're so passionate about the podcast. And I, he said that he wished he had something he was also so passionate about, uh, but he just, you know, would get so self-conscious about like the results and what people would think. And I think I said something to him that like, you know, you have to find a joy in doing it regardless yeah. of the quote unquote results. Yeah, no, exactly that. It's like, it's, you know, if you like, like when you look back on it and let's say you didn't make a single cent from it, if you yeah. had fun doing it. It's like, well, I did something different. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's all you can really do. And like, People don't look at it, say people look at money as success and think, now nah, who gives a shit? Like it's like whatever <laughs> whatever makes you happy is successful. Like Yeah. Whatever you're doing in that moment is fine. Like who cares? Like of course it'd be nice to make some good money and like be rich and whatever, but like if it's not like mentally killing you and it's right. a good thing to do and you're having fun while you're doing other things and trying to make it bigger, like then yeah, then do it. Who yeah. cares? Like I mean, I made exactly zero dollars from the Circles and Soundwaves in seven years, but it led to Substream. It led to my current full-time job in music, led to, you know, giving me the skills that helped me when I took a few touring gigs, you know. So, I, to me, that, like, okay, I made zero dollars in seven years, but, like, I got a lot yeah. out of it still. Yeah. No, I exactly. It's like it's like where you are now. Like no, even if it's you're still even if you're still making zero dollars right now, it's like it's still growth and <laughs> growth is successful. Yeah, I don't really. And money is great too. Don't get me wrong. I wish I had lots of fucking money, but I would. You know, I would love to have not, lots of money. I would love to have lots oh, of money. Oh yeah, same. Um, I'd probably just spend it on dumb shit. But you know, right? I know. I say that I want lots of money, and I'm like, what would I do? Is like. My favorite skincare company actually has a sale today where a lot of stuff is like an extra 50% off. What would I do if I had a lot of money? I would buy out that whole fucking, I would buy out everything from Pacifica's skincare. Yes. If I had money right now, I would, I mean, it's a pandemic, but I would probably like, I want to explore Canada more because Canada, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, Canada fucking is great, but also sucks because at least in the States, you can go for traveling. Like you can go to Philly, New York City, Boston, uh, in in a day, if you wanted to drive all those yeah. places, you could. You could go to Washington D.C. and Richmond, Virginia, and et cetera, and Baltimore and D.C. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. But here, it's like it's Toronto, and then the next, the Toronto's like the biggest city in Ontario. And then the next one would be like Ottawa, but Ottawa absolutely sucks. Like I hate Ottawa. Like I don't like hate the people there. It's just it's so boring, and it's just like everyone's like, oh, the architecture, and like what's Canada's Parliament? It's like, like yeah, it's what like, what is the other nearby city? Is probably like Montreal. Yeah, and so and Montreal is like the superior city to me. I think Montreal is amazing, but it's also so in a great. different I province. Montreal. Montreal is amazing, but it's like Montreal is a five-hour drive without traffic, and Ottawa is a four-hour drive without traffic, yeah. and then Hamilton's forty-five minutes away. And Hamilton is getting a lot better, but 
it was considered like, you know, uh, like a low income city. And so it didn't have a lot going on and people talk shit about it. Cause people, Oh, that's so poor. I'm not moving to Hamilton's Grove. There's like, you know, there's like street kids everywhere and it's like, okay, well, whatever. But like, that's the thing is getting better, but like, that's still our only options, right? Like those are my only options to go to that are okay. Uh, but like, as opposed to like, if you're in Boston, like Boston's amazing. And then New York's amazing. And then Philly's amazing. It's like, yeah, Toronto is like the only one that's good. So I kind of want to, you know, go like the major, other major cities that people live are like straight up 40 hour drives away. Yeah. Like Vancouver. Yeah. Like Vancouver and Calgary and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But like I said, if I had lots of money, I would, even though it's a pandemic, I might, Vancouver is doing really well. They have had, like, I don't think they've had a single case in like a week or something wow. like that. And so it's like, you know, I would go out there right now. I'd just be like, all right, I'm not working for the rest of the week. I don't work till Saturday. Boom. Right. I'm straight up going to Vancouver. I would do yeah. things like that, you know, which is not necessarily stupid with your money, but it's definitely like what you want. So who cares? Honestly, if I had a lot of money, I would move to a bigger apartment. I wouldn't, I'm not in a rush to like buy anything because I don't necessarily I think, intend to I think I would. one area, I but yeah. I would get a bigger apartment and I would get like multiple dogs, like several rescue dogs. Okay, like, I knew you were going to say that. And I think I would do that too. <laughs> like it, it is, it is possibly in the works that I will get one dog this year. We'll see. But financially, realistically, I, I am not at a point where I could support several dogs but would i like to have several dogs fuck yeah i would love yeah of course you would yeah so that's the thing though too it's like you know like you like you don't you don't want to necessarily buy a house right now but like if you right had the money would you buy a house buy a bunch of dogs yeah so that's it so right hopefully the podcast makes you enough money where you can get a house full of dogs <laughs> and hopefully yeah. like pacific yeah. makes me enough money where i can own a house in downtown Toronto and live for the rest of my life, like, right. and just not worry about landlords and stuff like that. Right. Even though my landlords are absolutely amazing, like, uh, the best landlords I've ever had to live above me. But again, again, like, I'd, it'd be how amazing it would be to have your own space yeah. that you own. Yeah. So, which is becoming less of and less of a dream for people, all right? Right. But yeah. <laughs> so, Jordan, one thing I wanted to talk about, just as we have talked about, like, depression and mental health, is I would, I would love to both share what we do to feel better when we are struggling with our mental health and what, like what has helped you? So, I mean, obviously in the beginning it was like pretty bad where we were touring, like I wasn't on any medication or yet. And uh, I'm really good at hiding how I feel, which is like obviously mm-hmm. an awful thing because it comes out in weirder ways. Terrible later, thing. But, yeah. But I, I, I also yeah, relate but, to that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, from what I remember, you're straight edge, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, I'm not, not that I do any drugs, like of any, so I, I smoke weed and I drink beer. That was a coping mechanism for a long time, which like in the long run of things is terrible. Um, but also I learned to now be like, Oh, okay. Instead of like, cause I'm having a bad day and I want to go out and drink and feel different. I'm going to like figure out what's making me feel bad and maybe like, yeah, you know, so my, I don't know. Yeah. My coping mechanism when I'm down, it's like, it's just to hang out friends i do love my alone time but like i, I hate alone time before i could never be alone but now it's that like I have a double-edged life, sword I, living alone oh yeah because it's beautiful to be like come home and not have to answer to anyone and do what you want yeah um but then again it's like it's lonely during especially during a pandemic holy shit yeah. like that was the worst but i mean regardless yeah. of that oh we're still think- relatively locked down in new jersey and i'm still working from home which is like working from home i like but not being able to then go out to dinner with friends is 
Pretty there's, there's bar there's bars open here um and like i don't understand people who want to go inside bars I'm like yeah that fucking ground zero what is wrong with you but then again i'm also like excuse me sorry i'm never gonna uh, judge someone for how they navigate a pandemic because yeah. like we've never dealt with this like if you want to go out to a bar and get shit faced and like not wear a mask like i mean you should wear a mask but yeah, like you, wear a mask, yeah. if you want if you want to do all these things like what am i going to do like come to your house and kick your ass like no because right. i know that you're probably this is probably a mental thing you're dealing with. Like you just can't be in your house any longer. So like lately I've been going to a lot of patios with my friends and like necessarily getting like drunk or shit pacing it, but I'll even, we'll even go just play cards with like a bunch of my friends and like drink soda water. And like, I'm just, yeah, especially right now in the summer, I'm like trying to do that a lot. Uh, regardless if it was a pandemic or not, I think my biggest thing would be like, it's like bike riding or like renting a rehearsal space and jamming other shit besides like specific stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, doing that yeah just doing that for fun like on your own it's like what i do for a living essentially so like let's just do that (laughs) yeah i think i mean definitely for me hanging out with friends is it's a big one although that's you know occasionally there will be like a walk in the park or a beach trip or something but you know it's a little trickier and you have to be a lot more careful in making those things happen now um yeah for me i like I know that this is like the most cliched thing ever, but doing yoga has really helped my mental health. Yeah, true. Like, I totally respect that and understand that. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I know that it's like the most cliched thing ever. And I go, I go see my parents, and mostly I go see the dog, little Dobby. Uh, yeah, it, little little Dobby, very good boy. Um, and I watch like. <laughs> stupid youtube videos i have like a uh, i went into a wormhole of like possibly the worst okay i think the three weirdest things that during a pan this pandemic for mm-hmm. my mental health was wild was number one i started growing weed because it's legal here and you can okay. and i was like oh i'm gonna grow weed in my backyard and it became like a green thumb like i don't even care if, like i just i don't like obviously i don't want them to die or anything but i'm like oh i'm like so fascinated by how fast they grow and all this stuff like that. And I don't even smoke that. I don't even, I don't even really smoke weed that much. I think more maybe during the pandemic, but like I definitely don't smoke that much at all. So it's like, that was a weird thing I picked up. And another thing was I went on this awful loophole of YouTubers, like just watching like, like, Oh, I didn't want to mention his name. He's canceled now. So uh, Shane Dawson, okay. like I hate him. I hate him, yeah. but yeah. like he sucks. But like in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, yeah, I'm going to watch all his videos because there's nothing else to do. And then I watched it and I was like, ew, like, right. why do I like this? And right. I was like, all right, that happens. And now, so it's, now, now you're getting that. the videos that are like, here's why Shane Dawson is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And then I read that. And I'm like, oh my God, they were right the entire time. I just didn't yeah. even look into it. But like, yeah. but then again, like, obviously, you know, I'm, I wasn't a big YouTuber person, so I didn't know any of these people's followings or what they've done in the past. And I, I, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a video from him pre 2018. You know what I mean? So. So like there, there's, I mean, regardless of like anything else, like watching old music videos on YouTube and stuff like that, um, you know, my favorite thing, I think for my mental health is like me and my friend, Jesse, uh, he's like my hometown friend, but we live on the same street now in Toronto. Love that. And we would just go for like night beers where we'd like bring a beer with us and we'd walk like the neighborhoods and like walk along like abandoned train tracks and like look at cool stuff at like two in the morning. And I was like, <laughs> this is amazing. Even though it's so, it's like fucking Straight up so boring to do yeah. uh, like it, obviously if there wasn't a pandemic i probably wouldn't do that all the time but now that you know i've done it i'm like oh i want to do that more right. often you know like so stuff like that but i mean 
I don't know. Yeah. I think really like outside of a pandemic, I, I think the only way to really cope with mental health stuff is just like getting outside. And I hate yeah. people say like, you want to cure depression, go outside. And it doesn't, it does not work yeah. like that, but can it help some people? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Can do it. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've done a lot of like vegan and animal rights activism. Um, I have done one, you know, I went to one event since COVID has begun, but it, I I went and it was like a lot of people were just not wearing masks. And I, I continue to see people going to these similar animal rights demos and, and protests and outreach events. And a lot of people will like not wear masks. And so I'm like, hmm, not worth the potential help to my mental health to like also potentially get COVID, you know? Uh, Man, like, can you, can you imagine how scary it would be even if you just got like a low symptom case of COVID like yeah. just because no one knows what's going on like if well my brother fair, got like, it my brother got did? it yeah he got okay, it in so, March um and he, okay so I'm pretty sure I got it in February but we'll talk about that later but yeah I mean my brother got it in March and like he I guess was might have been somewhat high risk because he had a uh, pretty major surgery last end of last year um mm-hmm. But luckily, he did not get, like, that sick. Um, but it was still, like, it's yeah. scary, right? You know? Yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a new virus that no one knows. Like, we still don't know everything about it. And, like, especially, like, us commoners don't know much about it. Like, obviously, health officials know more. But it's, like, right. and they're, they're doing the best they can to explain. But it's, you know, it's, it's wild that this is happening to us in our lifetime right now. Yeah. It could be way worse, but it's still pretty bad. Like, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, yes, if you're relatively young and otherwise relatively healthy, you have a better chance at, you know, not getting it too bad, you know, just by my brother having... Bouncing back back properly, you know? Yeah, I mean, despite my brother having, you know, had some uh, prior issues recently, he is otherwise very young. He is very healthy. He works out all the time. Um but you also like could have zero pre-existing conditions and still die. Die, yeah. Which like, is fully, it's like the absolute like end. You could die off of like a a virus, like which is yeah. so wild to me. Yeah, I remember literally a week before NJ went into lockdown, like being at a Taco Bell with my friend and being like, "You, we just need to like wash our hands and like stay home if you're sick. Like it's not a big deal." Uh- Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah. Well, they, they they here like I don't know if they did it there, but here they like lock down like all schools and shit, and like like well, for like March break. Well, they did, they did like March break stuff, and yeah. I got tattooed like two days before a pandemic, and I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. But now I'm like, whoa, that was absolutely insane right. to do. But okay, right? Yeah, I got I got a I got my haircut in March, and my salon closed two days later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got tattooed. We closed everything on a Monday. Closed, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we. uh we I got tattooed on the Friday, uh, Friday yeah. evening, and on Sunday night before uh, my friend Peter was working at this bar called Farside. We always go to, and he was like, "Yo, come to the bar." We went. He's like, "This is the last night we're open till further notice." And oh I was like, God. "Damn!" And like we we're like, "All right, we better get drunk and like have a good time." And then we like went and got fast food after and like walked the streets till five in the morning because everyone doesn't have work the next day. And I was like, at looking back on that, I'm like, that was pretty fucked up to do because you know could have been. We didn't care. Like, we didn't give a shit. And it was like, yeah. but I don't think anyone knew what was going on, really. They no. were just kind of like, oh, they're going to close school for two weeks to not, like. Spread. Well, like, my sister like, came home sick. from college thinking she'd be home for a few weeks. And then she had to, like, go back to another state where 
she had been going to college and like in May and get all her stuff and drive it back to New Jersey. Yeah, like exactly. It's like so you need to like uproot everything that's going on and like yeah. that's I can only again that's a big thing too with mental health, like in this whole thing. Yeah. Like the uncertainty that, is what's been Yeah, the uncertainty is so scary for people. Like I'm okay at navigating it right now, but in the beginning I was like, man, like mm-hmm. who cares? And then I went through a phase of okay, like I'm not letting anyone you know, my birthday was April 10th. So like in the thick of it and people would come and my friends had dropped off. Like, like my friend Adrian dropped off, like he works at a cheese shop. So he dropped off like a bunch of cheese and all this like artisanal food and like beer. And then my friend dropped off a bottle of wine for my birthday. And like my boyfriend came over and like dropped off stuff. But like, it was like, leave it on my porch. Like when yeah. they leave, I'm, I'm going to Lysol wipe the doorknob outside because mm-hmm. they might've touched it. And nothing you like, like I still, if, if I have friends over right now at my house, like, if they come over, like, my close circle of friends, when they leave, I'll, like, Lysol wipe, like, the yeah. doorknobs and, like, the the light switches and stuff like that. Because, and, like, people might think that's extreme, but it's, like, okay, well, what's not extreme and what is extreme in the pandemic? I mean, it's better, <laughs> it's better, like, I have, I've had one person come over, one friend, uh, and it was, like, we were going to eat outside, like, we got takeout and we were going to picnic, but, like, outside my apartment, but it was raining and I was, like, all right, like, you know, I'll, I'll Lysol everything before you come, you know? Um, so that's what I did. But otherwise I've been like pretty much just meeting people outside for. Yeah. I think, I think while the summer is happening, like we kind of just, it's better to do that. Like don't get me wrong. I have had friends over, but like strangers, not necessarily no. like just like the close friends I've seen the entire time during the pandemic, which has been like four or five people that I literally just straight up. I'm like, okay, when they leave, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to shower and Lysol everything. Yeah. I, I love meeting new people. Like I love going to events and meeting new people and I'm very comfortable meeting new people. But like right now, no, no, there's, there's, it's not worth the risk. It's like, well, at some point we'll maintain some sort of normality, but right now we kind of just kind of all do what we can do to fix it. Yeah, I, I, you know, have made great use of, of FaceTime and phone calls, but, like, I don't know, if, if there was, like, I, I'm very much open to potentially connecting with the gentleman from, you know, the Tinders, but, like, with the risk right now, it's, like, you gotta be, like, I gotta know that this is, like, worth it. Uh, you gotta get it worth it, but also, like, there is no, like, I mean, I don't know how testing works for you guys, like, we, There is free testing like, it, available, but it's usually like apparently it's like there's free testing available pretty like very easily but i think it's like it takes a few days to get results back although sometimes they will give you like rapid results like rapid results and then like official results a few days later sometimes yeah our we have like the official result thing really quick it's like 24 hours to 48 hours oh wow uh Toronto is obviously being like an epicenter of like the virus because it's a major city. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, there's like a hospital in my area that like, I live in the East end of Toronto. Like I live like 15 minute streetcar ride to downtown, but still people talk shit on the East end. Cause like, Oh, East, like there's nothing there. Cause it's like a bunch of houses and stuff like that. And like, that's really about it. But the one hospital here isn't oversaturated. So it's like, I went and got a COVID test. I waited eight minutes to get in and it took me 10 minutes and I left. And I was like, that's wild because every other place is like a minimum 45. Wow. Uh, and this took me under 30 minutes, like, door to door. I was like, oh, Amazing. okay. Yeah. So, like I said, yeah, like, if you really wanted to go on a date or something, yeah. Like, right. I mean, 
if that, testing is available, I'd get tested and wait a couple of days and then yeah. set a date, you know, like make sure yeah. that like he maybe doesn't go and do something <laughs> wild. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that's, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, it's, it's also in that way been like kind of a benefit from a mental health that I'm like, I, I kind of can be just in general, a lot pickier about who I spend my time with. Um, mm. cause I definitely in, in the past was, you know, victim to like people in my life that were like, that did not deserve to be there. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Jordan, do you have any like specific memories or stories you want to share about motivation proclamation? Uh, do you remember what Yahoo, Yahoo launches? No, but it sounds Yahoo like an early two thousands. Like, Oh yeah. It's, it was like before YouTube, you could watch music videos and it'd be like this weird oh, okay. ad you have to watch and maybe do like a little survey. And then oh, it would okay. be like, all right, you can watch, you can watch these like four videos like ad free or something now wow. and like type in whatever. And they had kind of, kind of obscure stuff, but also like, you know, just your run of the mill video stuff. And, uh, I've ever seen it on that and we watched it in the library in grade five, like a bunch. It was like that. We watched that and we watched, um, Oh boy. What was that one song? Uh, oh, I can't remember right now. I feel like it was, I feel like it was Blink-182, like Josie or something. Oh, wow. Or, or, or damn it or something. But anyways, yeah, it was like, you know, what, my earliest memory is watching that on whatever and then like being into Good Charlotte and then hearing the click on undergrads and being like, <sighs> oh my God. And then getting the record and then being like, okay, this is the song or motivation proclamation I think- is definitely on the record. Like. Not to t- completely derail on the click, but I think I'm going to like start a petition um, to get them to play the click live whenever they it's safe to, to yeah. tour again. I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually uh, boycotting Good Charlotte until they play live. <laughs> <laughs> right. Honestly. Um, no. They give I us love- a tour and I'm like, yeah, we're not going to take it unless you guys play the click. They're like, all right, sorry, next band. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, man, I have a whole list of, of songs they've never played live that I would like to hear. Um, but they do play this one live quite frequently, which is great. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, I think my earliest memory is just watching it in the library and being like, this is amazing. Like yeah. punk music, like, the, you know, looking back on it now, it's, well, like, it's not like, punk, it's like, but it is, it is, it is like, in a lot of ways. has that emotional thing, but I think it's also pretty distinct from like the bands that were quote unquote emo, like a fallout boy or like a Mike Hem. Or the use, yeah, um, yeah, totally. But they had, but they were also distinct from like the Blink One Eighty Two or the Newfound Glory that didn't necessarily get as emotional in most of their music. No, definitely was a little more positive in some way, or just felt yeah. like a bad breakup and like being with your friends or something. But as opposed yeah. to this, was like an actual, an actual like battle that people have going on every day that no one talks about. Yeah. Um, something I like to dive into with these episodes is how songs kind of relate to the band's sort of legacy as a whole. And I think a big one for this song is that people like fans would like write into them and send them letters and talk to them at shows. And hearing that response is a large part of what inspired them to write. Hold on. Oh yeah, true. That's a, yeah, that I think a lot of bands back in the day did a lot of those kind of videos, like mm-hmm. Billy Talent for one too. Um, oh yeah, but but you know, like it it was definitely needed because their audience was way younger and like as if some fifteen year old knows what's going on in his brain. He yeah. thinks it's like 
maybe normal or something when it's when uh, it is normal but it's like uh, you know to find something that like feels like it gets what is going on in your brain even if you're like 15 and you don't get what's going on in your brain yeah totally exactly so so that is the song like regardless of hold on even motivation proclamation now that you it's like how like i said earlier how you take it in like i didn't look it up what it was about forever but now that i have Or now that I know, I'm like, okay, true. Like, I wasn't really far off, you know. Yeah, oh, no, you were were totally spot on, yeah. And even if I wasn't, it's like, it's still the way it made me feel. Exactly. how everyone else probably feels listening to it, so. Yeah, so let's talk about this music video a little more. Um, Yeah. I mean, we talked about undergrads. We talked about how it was kind of the follow-up to little things in terms of videos. What... Mm -hmm. I found great about this video. So the video shows them, you know, kind of lying on the ground and they're asleep and like one by one they wake up and start playing together. The director of this video, Mark Webb, directed everything from Yellow Card, Ocean Avenue. He did My Chemical Romance, I'm Not Okay, Helena, etc. He did videos for AFI, MXPX, All American Rejects, Green Day, Weezer. He also directed 500 Days of Summer and the 2012 Spider-Man reboot. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I love 500 Days of Summer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, you know, I will, like, go up and go and look up music video directors. I'm like, oh, what else have they done? And I'm like, oh, I've seen several of these films. I love many of these music videos. So, yeah, Mark Webb went on to be and continued to be a very big deal. So... So wild, like that is- so. But like, also sick because you look at that video and it's like, when obviously they were a smaller band, yeah. And then it, it, they get this guy who's worked with like legends and shit. Not saying that they weren't, they are, but they they probably weren't at this point, you know. No, so definitely like, not at that point. Yeah. So it's so it's like wild. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Another little trivia I would like to share about this video from Backyard Media. They did a piece on the band Sly Withers. And apparently, this music video directly inspired Sly Withers' video for Sad Guy. Uh, And I watched that video, and it's like a similar kind of concept of that, you know, they all kind of wake up and, you know, then they start jamming out together. Uh, But I think Sly Withers must be English, British, because I heard the, like, you can hear the accents when they sing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which I love. I love when you can like hear like a strong like British accent when someone is singing. I'm like, whoo, whoo! I love that. Well, it's nice to know that like a band from a different country took influence from it. Not as opposed to like a band that's from the same yeah. area and just like idolizes them. It's like another band from a different country. Yeah. Who had like they're this big of a deal that they influence someone like across the pond. Yeah. Totally. I think, actually, let me look it up, because I know, um, so my listenership, it's like 72% U.S. Canada is like 3%, but I think U.K., yeah, U.K. is 9%. I was going to say U.K. is like 9 to 10% of my listeners. Yeah, uh, totally. So, and I've, you know, have like messaged with a few people in the U.K., so it's, uh, it's cool. I like hearing about, you know, their fan base overseas and such. I wanted to read a little bit from an interview. So there was a 2016 interview with May the Rock Be With You, which, by the way, I am, like, really running the gamut of, like, every 
it's like websites and blogs of like all sizes. Uh, yeah, totally. Like I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is with Benji and Joel in 2016. And uh, this interviewer is like, you know, I was just listening to motivation proclamation because I was really unmotivated. So what advice do you have to get out of a slump? And Joel says that everyone needs to remember that they're unique and they're special and there's no one else like you. And we live in a really cynical world. And I understand why people are cynical, but it's important to not let that cynicism defeat you. For me, the best advice is always to keep trying. You got to get back up. Uh, For people who struggle with that, for me, what I would say is just keep getting back up. And each time you'll get up a little faster and then you'll start feeling falling less And then that's how you make progress. Keep going forward. Keep getting up. Keep trying and be hopeful. Be optimistic. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think that's the most well said thing. Yeah, of course. It's not like, it's not telling you a scenario that you should do or try because everyone has different ways of doing things. So it's like, it's just telling you to keep trying. Yeah. And I, as opposed to being like, drink a beer or like hang out with your friends. Like, well, most people don't want to do that. Right. Like, yeah. But I, I like what they say about just, like, keep getting back up and it'll get easier. Because I think, I think that's true. Like, Yeah, totally. It's like, if you don't succeed first, like, you know, try again kind of thing. The whole thing, so. Yeah. Uh, rockandrollreports.com recently interviewed Boston-based singer Via, V-I-A. Um, And she brought up Good Charlotte and she said she is partial to this song. Uh, Just says that the harmonies on this track are stunning and were pretty unique for that genre at the time. Song elements like that definitely influenced my own writing. So there you go. I mean, it's funny because I find that like in the early 2000s, a lot of bands, like um, their harmonies uh, aren't as buried, you know? Yeah. They're kind of like, the other person, like at the bass player or whoever is singing just as loud doing harmony wise. But as opposed to now when it's mostly like the main vocalist, usually just kind of like bearing it in the tracks, which is like totally fine too. Cause it has yeah. that subtle element to, to it. And that's what I love about it. But yeah, like I've, I've been thinking about totally that a lot agree. lately. Yeah. Yeah. Just like it's even the production on records too. Like even if it's like not intentional, it's like when it's like two vocalists going at the same like speed and 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 same volume it's like and it's a harmony i think it hits way harder yeah i don't know i i mean i'm definitely not an expert on harmony but (laughs) yeah i've been i you know i blast the music in my car and i'm i think about a lot of stuff that's like more recent not good charlotte but like in general uh it's like the harmonies are not necessarily as evident or or clear to pick out yeah of course and like i feel like that's fine too but it's like i understand what this via person was saying because it's like yeah like the harmonies were like wild for like that kind of music yeah that's what gave it the pop sensibilities you know yeah exactly uh i wanted to read some fan comments uh from songmeetings.com which is a great website uh the first one is from user something corporate who said, I think this is a sad song. That sounds sad. I think he just wants help feeling better. Uh, and user Arion says, I'm pessimistic and I sleep a lot to overcome sadness and kill time. This song helps. And I'm glad, I'm glad Arion. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I'm glad that motivation proclamation helps you. 
Yeah, like that's that's like kind of cool. So here is uh, before we start wrapping things up, there was a YouTube comment that I I saw that kind of piqued my interest a little, and I'm curious if like what your thoughts thoughts on this are now. Um, user Truth of My Youth says, anyone ever notice that if I fall down, would you come around and pick me right up off the ground? Sounds just like Blink-182's Adam song. I never thought I'd die alone. I laughed the loudest. Who'd have known? Yeah, it's like same kind of structure, but also yeah. very similar reading. Yeah, similar so, similar kind of cadence, I think. I think that's yeah, what totally. this person's pointing to, but also like a similar meaning to this song. It, is mostly yeah the meaning like I mean yeah it's like we were talking about like all these bands back in the day were doing like a lot of like you know anti suicide songs stuff like that mm-hmm. and I think Adam Song is a great example of that and it's so I mean it's going to be of course some similarities between it for sure two bands that totally. are like are you know big and so in, in the same genre essentially so yeah like I I now hearing that I had to go back and listen to Adam Song and be like okay. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like thinking through it in my head, though. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to. That's why I'm trying to get words in. I keep not coming out because I'm like also thinking the lyrics. I'm like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the melody is not like identical, but I think like the the sort of cadence and the rhythm of it a little. Of course, yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. So, Jordan, how has motivation proclamation held up for you over time? still slaps <laughs> it's still it's so good it's like it's 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 obviously more nostalgic than it is anything for me now i don't think it makes me feel a certain way anymore because i uh you know uh i just i think i've heard millions of different newer songs mm-hmm. um but it's still it's still like it still has some feeling of the nostalgic feeling of being like oh man like this is like one of my favorite songs growing up. And this is how it made me feel. Like I still like resonate and feel for it. But yeah, I think, I don't think this song is ever going to get bad or like, yeah. or old to me. Like it's still, still bands that sound like that. And so it's like, it's definitely just like, they were the fucking godfathers of it. Yeah, they definitely were in a way. Um, so yeah. just a few more questions to wrap up. So yeah. what has Good Charlotte meant to you over the years and how has that changed? Um, I think, you know, I stopped listening to Good Charlotte. Not like I stopped, like I just was like, I just, I think I like listened to a bunch of different shit going, growing up. So, you know, they kind of took a back burner for a long time. Once I got into things that were be a little less mainstream and whatnot, but then you go back to it, it's still like as good. And to know a band that of their age still putting out records and still touring, like mm-hmm. I think that, that is very influential and cool as fuck because it's like, I'm almost 30. These guys are like 40. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's cool to see that. I think, what I mean, especially even right before we like got when we got the announcement to tour with them, it was like, oh my god, amazing, holy shit! And like you know, I kind of didn't write off the rest of their later discography, but I went had to go back and like listen to it. And I was like, oh, they're yeah. still killing it! Like what the what the fuck? Like you know what I mean? But I wouldn't that's not what I wouldn't have known. Like I knew they were still doing stuff, but it was like uh, it it was like periodical for me. Like I you know, like I said, the first record I was like really young, and I definitely would go back and listen to it and stuff like that every once in a while with friends or we talk about it, but. I think it's cool as fuck that they're still doing that same kind of shit and like yeah at their age like that's cool as fuck so I think that's very influential for me because I'm like okay well I can still do it and I can still you don't have to like stop touring because you're 30 years old 
No, exactly. And I thought that too. I was like, 30 is the end game. Mm-hmm. Like I turned 30, I'm done yeah. touring. And I'm like, no. That's yeah, not I, I, I would see 30 as like, okay, like I'm 30. If I turn 30, I need to just like, if I haven't like quote unquote made it in the music business by age 30, then I need to like just get get a regular job. Cause that's, that's also yeah, you know, so easy. Right. Oh, totally. Uh, you know, it's also so easy to find well paying quote unquote regular jobs. Um, yeah, totally. So, uh, Jordan, do you have any last words about motivation proclamation about good Charlotte, about like Pacific or about yourself? Um, well, I mean, number one, Thank you for having me on it. Oh my gosh, um, thank you for coming cool. on. Because, <laughs> like I said, and I, when the first list of songs, I was like, obviously I love the first record, but I was like, when I saw this, I was like, can I do this song? Like, this is like yeah. what I want to do. It's just because I think it's like, the, yeah, we talked about it's the underdog song, but it was also like one of my favorites growing up out of all of them. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, hopefully they, next time I get to see them, whenever all the stuff is over, they play it. <laughs> or we get yeah. to play with them. That's all I care about. Yeah, I want to play oh. with them. Please. again <laughs> get to play with and, them uh, and then and then bring bring you on stage to sing this song i would 100 percent just be like yo can i do the entire song <laughs> or actually get them to bring you on stage for both this and the click i will fly uh, to toronto yeah i mean i hopefully we just get them to do a tour with them i'm gonna do it every right. night <laughs> um yeah. But I mean, yeah, like this, if we get a new record coming out like well we're recording right so right. recording ish now ish and getting everything ready head to the studio and then we'll you know there'll be some singles out before the end of the year hopefully and then new record next year so hopefully that'll bring us on a good Charlie tour <laughs> amazing jordan so i have also been doing a generation gc and friends playlist on spotify so that's like okay. the song that we cover on the show and then a recommendation from our guests so uh i'll put that uh the new song uh handside on there but can you also give me a recommendation of just something you're listening to lately yes okay so it's so hard to say her name for me i don't know mm-hmm. why b Badooby. b yeah, yeah yeah i know, you know who she is yes okay so the song care by okay b Badooby is like the one for me right now. I listen to it all the time. It reminds me of Avril Lavigne, but like a little more like lo-fi. It's like more like lo-fi, like maybe a little more like sounds like soccer mommy or like snail mail kind of vibe. And I kind of like that stuff. I so, love Avril. <laughs> That's been like Avril a recent is. re-love. Uh, I just wrote like an essay on how I like kind of, you know, was too cool for her. And now I'm realizing Avril is awesome. Um, so I'm yeah, going to... I think that's a... I think that's everyone's like vibe when they're younger, totally. for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah 100% Biba Doobie Care. That's the song. I know there's the one Biba Doobie song that's viral on TikTok, the coffee, whatever. Oh, yeah, Deathbed. Yes, Deathbed. That's the only one I know. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go look this one up because you're making it uh, sound very intriguing. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Amazing. So, Jordan, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you and Like Pacific on the internet? Uh, like Pacific on all social media. Um, I think we're the most active on on Twitter uh, or Instagram, I, I, I guess. Like, we don't really post a lot of photo stuff. Like, we'll post, mm-hmm. like, stories for once in a while. But I think Twitter is the best thing for us for Like Pacific. And then you can find me on Instagram, Hot Gay Daddy. Amazing. <laughs> and so yeah that's about it like really about it we don't really use facebook anymore we'll do for like 
obviously we post events, flyers, and like new records. Right. Obviously, it's still, so it's still a platform. Facebook isn't like as um, interactive on like a minute by minute. No, level. Wow. definitely not. I'm also on the Pure Noise Discord. Um, oh, cool. I did a thing like a couple, uh, like a month ago uh, for Hands Tie, but I still check in there every once in a while. You know, see people wrote stuff or whatever. So yeah, on there as well. Amazing. Jordan, thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Last week, we talked about self-help from Generation RX. Next week, we'll be talking about a song from The Young and the Hopeless. My name is Molly. I've been your host. You can follow Generation GC at Generation GC Pod, P-O-D, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also follow me, Molly, at M Huddleson, M-H-U-D-E-L-S-O-N, on Twitter and Instagram. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, rate it, leave a review, and share it with your friends. Thank you all for tuning in.